Hello everyone. Uh, welcome to another episode of Travel This Week with Michelle and Craig. Um, so, of course, a lot has been going on, right? Um, oh, and here in Houston on Sunday, which is our Mother's Day in the United States, um, they had a flyover of the old warbirds because on May 8th was 75 years since the end of World War II. They couldn't do it on May 8th because we had really bad weather. But um, the airplanes were, were flying around. It was pretty amazing to hear about maybe 30-something of them. And you can hear the sound. So that was really good to see in uh, in Houston. Krisha, did you have a chance to see them? I heard them. But no, I did not. We have too many trees. Yeah. And uh, I couldn't get out in time. Uh, gotcha. Yeah, well, it's, it's interesting because you can't miss them, right? Um, because yeah, they have a different sound. Different sounds. And you know what was interesting? I kept thinking these were like the, cause they had some Spitfires and, um, I was thinking these were like the, at the forefront of the war way back then, right? It's amazing. Yeah. I'm surprised they had them here. Spitfires in the U.S. Normally um, that's a British thing. Yeah. Normally we get the Mustangs and the. Um, well, or maybe it was a Mustang. It was okay. a Mustang because it said T-51D. Oops. Yeah, that's <laughs> So thank you for that correction. I have seen the Spitfires, though, because um, I saw, I went to an air show in the UK and they had the Spitfires. Yeah, but you're right. The Spitfires are the British, the oh. British one. Is that, that's kind of the equivalent to the Mustangs, is that right? In a sense? No. no. They were quite different. And I think Mustang was more uh, Navy, I think. Yeah. Like they would... They would operate off aircraft carriers, but I don't know. I, I, I would have known 30 years ago. <laughs> so we're going to have to, we're going to have to have a military one. So we're really commercial, uh, commercial end, but we have a whole bunch of experience because uh, we've all been to air shows. And um, the, the thing with the old airplanes, like, they drip oil like there's no tomorrow. And they actually have, there's one of them here, and I have to find the video. I had walked around and did like a Facebook Live. Walking around inside of one them? of them. Galveston, I think. Uh, yeah, there you go. Yeah. I, I believe. I'm not sure. So. And inside is really, really tiny. So it's quite interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, but so. so for today's show, we have a, a few things to talk to you about today. And um, we're going to start off with Air, Air Canada is retiring uh, 79 aircraft. Um, what's the deal on that for sure? Well... What got my attention was uh, the 763s. And I thought those were the, well, I'm pretty sure they are the backbone of Air Canada Rouge, especially to uh, really busy uh, leisure destinations like Orlando and places in the Caribbean. Hmm. And then also, given that they're getting rid of those, where would the acquisition of Air Transat come in. Would they compete with one another, which doesn't really make a lot of sense, or right. would Air Transat aircraft take over uh, Rouge routes? But then it also could be that Air Transat is more international than domestic, if you will, domestic considering North America and the Caribbean. But uh, I don't know. You'll have to wait and see. Yeah, I, but, I always, uh, I was, those 763s were horrid. I actually flew Rouge once from Los Angeles. I think it might have been to Vancouver. 
and um it was terrible the, the 763s are just horrible airplanes i'm so glad that them and america are getting rid of them uh it was a yeah. time. and even then i i always delta thought too, it, right? a delta two yeah i always thought that air canada rouge was a bad idea um but that that's that's just me every time an airline like a major airlines tries to do uh, uh um an airline within an airline quote unquote yeah but it seems to work, though, right? In Asia, look at the, Jap- the Japanese. Look at uh, Korea. Yeah. So, I, and now you have Hong Kong with HK Express. Well, yeah, but, well, but so Cathay is doing something similar, right? Because they did right. Cathay Dragon. Yeah, they were thinking, I believe they're retiring um, Dragon, Cathay Dragon. I believe. Now, I don't know if that's true or not. Yeah, because they took they like HK Express. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, you know, it, it, so, is, it is sad to see the airline industry um, falling apart right before our eyes. But I actually think that um, there's been a lot of, like a lot of airlines have just been expanding too much. And then, yep. you know, you have, uh, you have one airline disappearing and another one appearing like almost immediately. And then the fares are so low that you just can't you just can't sustain them creative destruction it it really is i think they've set themselves this is going to happen even without something like this um and this sort of accelerates it i it totally accelerates it um also go ahead no no sorry go you go no another example of another yet another airline getting rid of the embraer 190s yeah which are not that old. But um, I was reading, I actually read an article that said they were maintenance hogs, the 190s. Oh, were they? Given the capacity um, difference between a 190 and, let's say, a 319, 319 was a much more reliable aircraft to operate. Hmm. But yet Air Canada is getting rid of the 319s too. So I guess they're waiting for the Maxes, but those are much bigger. Those yeah, they are really more 320 are. replacements. Uh, well, you know, the, the 319s are pretty uh, powerful plane. Um, I'm reminded of um, I flew from I think it was um, Toronto to Puerto Spain once in a 319. It was an overnight flight, and um, we had to stop in Barbados because the if if um, Puerto Spain had bad weather, but with their Canada's rule back then, whenever they do an overnight landing. The crew has to have the mandatory crew rest whenever they do that. So we were basically, quote unquote, stuck in Barbados for about seven hours because we had to wait for the other flight that was heading northbound from Port of Spain. Because I think the flight did uh, Toronto to Port of Spain nonstop. And then on the way back, it did Toronto, Barbados, Barbados. Um, I mean, sorry, Port of mm. Spain, Barbados, Barbados, um, Toronto. And so we got stuck yeah. in Barbados for like seven hours. We couldn't really go anywhere. They basically gave us a hotel and we just hung out there until the uh, flight was able to restart. And then uh, the crew came from Port of Spain, came to Barbados, picked us up, and that crew took us over to, um, to there. So the 319s are, I mean, they're good planes. It's about five hours to, to Barbados um, from from. Yeah, but I think that's well within the range. Yeah, it's really going to rain. So if they're getting rid of those, then uh, I guess they're going to use the maxes. Uh, well, speaking of maxes, are they? What's the latest on that? 
I believe Boeing is going to resume production in the third quarter. Okay. Sounds very optimistic. I hope that's true, but I would be surprised. Because they still have to retrofit, uh, reconfigure, and then deliver all these, how many couple hundred of them that are in storage all over the the world, essentially. It's quite the cleanup, right? Really, I think it would be an absolutely incredible job. It's how they clear that backlog. Yeah, and at the who gets to go first? Exactly. Well, I mean, you know, they have their pet customers. So yes, of course. (laughs) Uh, uh, I'm I'm assuming that more than likely the U.S. carriers will go first. I mean, yeah, I guess to demonstrate. uh, yeah. Confidence in the aircraft. So we're talking but, United and American because Delta doesn't have any, right? No. But there's no talk about them. Of course, the news can't seem to talk about anything apart from the virus, but uh, yeah. there's not even um, any documentation that Boeing is actually making progress. Which is interesting. On recertifying these or whatever. But I guess the government also has to be involved. Yeah. Well, hopefully, uh, maybe in the next episode, we'll go do some research and see what where they are, where yeah. and what's going on. Because I'm sure there's something coming out, but nobody's talking about it, right? So you never hear about it. Yeah, um, and I guess airlines are not eager to get them. Because this is a perfect excuse not to have them. Yeah, I mean, they've already had so many airplanes parked, right? Good Lord. Yeah. Um, all right, so the other thing is uh, Virgin cuts 30% of their staff. Um, yeah, that's about... 3,000 people. That's so, pretty sad, right? And, and they're closing Gatwick, right? Is that the deal? Yeah, that's another, I think, a very, very interesting evolution of that airport. Yeah. Because uh, the British government won't give it assistance because it's a private company. And uh, I was just reading over the weekend, I believe, that he wants, uh, Branson wants to sell his stake in uh, Virgin Galactic to raise money. Oh, wow. Okay. And also, um, I think, put his Necker Island resort in the Caribbean up for sale or something yeah. to raise, I think he wants 500 million US dollars oh, to rescue wow. Virgin Atlantic. Huh. So it would be very interesting to see it would what happens. Me. It's and kind of, what is even worse uh-huh. is that they're retiring all their 744s. Oh, uh, yeah, that is bad. Yeah, like <laughs> soon. So now they'll have, I remember when they used to be four engine for long haul. Exactly. Now they'll be all twins. So, so you so, know what's interesting? It's such an evolution, right? It's That was a whole marketing thing, uh, the four engine yep. for, long, for long haul thing. And they did, they did good with it. So, uh, but Branson is really good. He's very good at marketing. So, um, if anyone can spin this, um, I think he's probably the guy to get out of it. Uh, it, it is kind of yeah. weird that he's gonna, that he would consider selling his stake in Virgin Galactic because like he is that brand. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I guess desperate times call for desperate measures. There is, and you know, you have a lot of rich people in this world. So, um, mm-hmm. somebody with some ego being the first to have an airline to fly to space would probably buy a stake in that. But I want to know who steps in to Gatwick. Because with BA leaving and Virgin leaving, yeah. is Emirates going to pull out now? Because they've, they've got what, like three, 380s a day or more? Yeah. So now they don't have really the connectivity. 
or maybe they do on more low-cost carriers. Will Ryanair step in from Luton? I doubt it because they've probably got a good niche. It would be easier to get to. Well, from London. Yeah, I guess. Well, I remember, uh, like, I mean, when uh, when Continental, they used to fly to Gatwick, and then they started doing Heathrow and they shelved Gatwick. And Delta also flew into Gatwick and Heathrow. Does Delta still do Gatwick? I think... I had read that they do a service yeah. into Gatwick, yeah. because, primarily yeah, for, for the Virgin connection. For the Virgin thing, yeah. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. But, but you know what's interesting with, with all this, right? You're getting all these pullouts, and then you know that once things start spooling up, they're going to be, oh, look, we have empty slots in Gatwick. Let's go use Gatwick instead. So um, I think this is temporary. The club. Yeah. So, it, it's, that's it's a big move, though. It is a huge move. Um, huge. I, I never and understood. The it is, but I never actually the same thing with um, British Airways. I never understood why. Why did they use both airport when most of their operation is out of Heathrow? Most of their connecting opportunities. I know they. I think the costs for one thing because for the, the costs okay. at Gatwick and Heathrow were very different, and to serve these um, uh, low yielding leisure destinations in let's say the Caribbean yeah. or the old British colonies it was probably cheaper for them given that the fares were probably not as high yielding as Heathrow flights True. and I do operate from a lower cost air. I don't know, could be yeah and I do know that um, if you flew into Gatwick and you were connecting over Heathrow they have a bus and it was free for you to get on that bus and go to Heathrow to get your connecting flight it was a hassle though it is quite a hassle, yeah, because I think you actually so, have to grab your bags and take your bags with you. Um, they don't connect your bags yep. kind of thing, so that was quite the hassle yeah. to do. Um, all right, so that's so, what's going on with But Gary how are they going to find these slots at Heathrow <laughs> to move all the aircraft there? Um, so, because the only ones that just became available was um, Flybe, but somebody bought those, didn't they? Yeah, I think that there were just yeah. a couple, I thought. Um, yeah, so that wouldn't be enough for them to do yeah. it. But, but you know, it's uh, it's British Airways, right? So maybe they'll twist somebody's arm and they'll pull a rabbit out of a hat. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm sure other airlines will <laughs> make uh, a fuss. protest <laughs> because now that third airport is also a third runway is now uh, in question. Oh, so. Um, but you know, I mean, Heathrow, they definitely need, uh, RS. Absolutely. I'm, I'm always amazed at how they make two runways work in Heathrow. Work. Um, because planes are al- almost always landing and taking yeah. off at Heathrow. It's, it's crazy. I mean, as an aviation geek, it's awesome to sit and watch them. Um, but I'm always amazed at how many planes go in and out of that place. Um, the other thing I want to talk yeah. about is, um, is your voice. Huh? Can you hear me clearly? Because your voice is now... Is it going back and forth? Oh, so you had some piano, piano keys. So you're having the same issue that I'm having. So our our connectivity is not is not as good. But that's okay. I think it's going to be... Yeah, it says my internet connection is unstable right now. So hold on. Let me pause okay. for it. Now it's clear again. It's clear again? All right, right good. 
Um, yeah. yeah, it looks so. like we're having um, – so we, we started to record this show earlier, and then we had to stop, and we tried again, and then the connection was bad, and now we're trying again for the third time. So hopefully this one will be able to go through. So our apologies for the signal. My guess is that a lot of people are on the Internet today. It's a Monday, and everybody's on the networks and trying to get to get things going. So um, the next thing I want to talk about is uh, Mitsubishi takes over the CRJ program, except just for the production. What's happening there? I think they have only um, a few aircraft left to deliver. Hmm. Um, so, okay, the signal seems really, really bad now. Can you oh, hear me clearly? I, I can hear you. Okay. But anyway. Um, so, yeah, I think they're taking over the maintenance and uh, all that sort of aspect. And I'm really questioning why they're doing this. Unless they want the experience um, and the network of Bombardier for the uh, the space jet, the MRJ, that's supposed to have been horribly delayed. And now I think it's due to be delivered to ANA next year. So. Oh, wow. Otherwise, it seems um, it almost seems counterproductive to buy CRJ program, especially when it's sort of being phased out by most airlines. Maybe they're and, uh, are they just trying to buy the production facility, knowing that they can re- no. retool it for the MRJ? Oh, you, you said it's nothing except the production, right? Yep. And I think Bombardier is still using the production line for the business jet equivalent of the CRJ. Yeah. Um, oh. it's like the challenge, it's the challenger and its descendants. So, but yeah, I don't know what, what they're doing, but, uh, again, Boeing's invested in this. Yeah. The MRJ. So I'm sure Boeing had something to do with it, which is also very ironic because Boeing was fighting Bombardier on the, um, the CS series, yeah, which, so, we, which is we, now the the two twenty from Airbus. Um, yeah, the whole thing. It's is all that, quite convoluted. It really is, and and sometimes in aviation you have all these things come up, and you have no idea why it's happening, and then later you realize you know something comes up, and you go, oh, okay, so that's why they they did that. So hopefully yeah. we'll we'll get to the bottom of this. The MRJ, um, I, we'll we'll post a picture so you can see. What it looks like. It was actually at, um, what was the last air show? Uh, it should have been Farnborough this year, but that's been cancelled, I guess. Uh, I think they had to ground it um, from yeah. la- last year yeah, and it completely was, reconfigure the engineering and something because yeah. there was, there was, uh, um, it wasn't flying optimally. Uh, they had to do extensive, uh, Rejig of the aircraft. Which I is think they back up. Uh, which is why um, we haven't read anything about it. So I'm, yeah. I'll, I'll try to put a link to um, the updated story on that, and I will try to find a picture because I'm pretty sure I saw it at Paris Air Show last year. Or might have been okay. Bird. You might, you might have, yeah. Yeah, but I, I will send yeah. a picture there. So the other thing we have but is... They, um, no, they sent it over to the U.S. Um, I think it's Moses Lake in... Washington, Washington. yeah, for the flight test program. Oh, okay. I'm assuming Boeing has some input over that. But as I said, I haven't really read much about it recently. Yeah. 
Um, I, have, I haven't heard anything about it for a long while, ever since I saw it at um, at the air show. Uh, I think yeah, they need to get more sales for it. Yeah, they do. I think it's uh, just the Japanese carriers and the two Japanese, and uh, I think some U.S. Um, affiliates, like okay. the Express uh, branches of airlines. Gotcha. I don't think United is getting it. I don't think. Uh, yeah, it'll be just another, so, another type they're throwing into the fleet, which. Yep. Yeah. And speaking of That's United, right. um, they've ordered the 78X for long haul? They must have got a great deal because in all this gloom and doom, going to get an order, a positive order, uh-huh. that will almost certainly be delivered. Um, oh. I'm sure they got an excellent deal. And I have to say, that's a smart move from United because I'm sure Boeing offered them um, something a really good price. Yeah. yeah. But it's interesting. They seem to be standardizing on the 78X for their long haul. Now, I don't know. I don't think it can fly as far as a 777W. I don't think it can. So I don't know what they would use for like Hong Kong or uh, hmm. India. Um, but uh, maybe the 359s will take care of those routes. Yeah, probably. So, so well, they had they had 359s on order. Did they just delay them? Is that what they did? Yep. I think for the nth time. Yeah. Um, and now I think it's towards the end of the decade almost that they they've got them scheduled for. Oh wow! But so yeah. I think that's a constant, a constant uh, thing. topic of a discussion. Will or will United ever take <laughs> delivery of their 359s? So here's a question with these orders. When, when, when the airlines order these airplanes and they keep delaying them, is there a penalty, I would assume, to the aircraft manufacturers whenever that happens? I think maybe to the smaller airlines, but to the bigger ones. I don't know. I really don't know. Who knows what goes on behind the scenes? Yeah. Well, if, if anyone out there is assistant, maybe, maybe you guys can leave a comment or um, or just send us a note um, in here about this. And um, I guess if you want to send a note, you can send it to feedback at fastrider.com. And um, but maybe you United can... ordered the the 321, right? The XLRs or is it the ULR? No, the XLR. Yeah. Uh, so maybe they got offset by the by that. Yeah. Order. I don't know. Hmm. It's interesting. The politics of oh. aviation again. Um, so, oh, and yeah. uh, it's, I'm sad to note that Qantas has hot Project Sunrise. That was a big surprise to me, at least. Yeah. Well, just because ex- that just was a- supposed to be the. Go ahead. No, I'm saying just go ahead and explain what Project Sunrise is for the people who have no idea what it is. It was the Qantas name for their um, Australia to the UK and Australia to New York uh, nonstop routes. Mm -hmm. And um, no other airline has ever done that. So there was this competition between the 787 and the 359. And the 359 eventually won. It wasn't a large, large order. I think it was like 12 or 13 aircraft. Mm-hmm. But I think it was a hugely prestigious order um, for the Airbus and Boeing. Right. And ultimately, 
um, Evas won out. So I'm really, really surprised that they've stopped that. But I guess they'll, they must have paused the order because they're anticipating what a revival of the air traffic, the travel rebound to 21 and 22. Okay. And these were supposed to be delivered, I believe, in 23. Yeah. So. Sorry. Yeah, that was a surprise. Yeah. Sorry, that's just um, that's just Kusha's phone ringing in the ringing in the background there. Yeah. I'm going to pause. calls through the day. <laughs> it's crazy, right? So, so you guys are getting a true experience of what happens in our lives these days. <laughs> I think this is the eighth one of the day. Oh my God, that's crazy. Yeah, yes. The, the spam yes. calls are nuts. So, um, but yeah, so, um, I actually thought the Project Sunrise was a good idea. I was a little bummed that I didn't get an invite to go test it out, but you know, m- maybe the next time they do it, um, <laughs> I'll get an invite to go check it out. Um, but so. it, it, it is a good concept. Um, I, I just, I flew the Singapore Airlines, New York, to um, Singapore, 18 hours, 18 hours and 40 minutes, I think it actually was. Um, and this one is supposed to be a little longer, right? Because it's, it's New York to... Yeah, much longer. Yeah, I think at least an hour or two longer. Yeah, which is a long way, so, a long time since in an airplane. Um, well, yep. I, guess, I guess it makes sense that I they guess you're pampered and... Excuse me. Well, but you know what, though? So when I took the Singapore Airlines flight, um, it was okay. I mean, we had three meals, and I got to pick a meal uh, from their book the cook uh, thing. And, um, you know, they had there was food throughout the whole thing. Um, I had a nice seat up front. And even if you sat in the back, the seats in the back were actually quite nice as well. Um, hmm. I mean, it. It, it it was okay. I wouldn't say it was like, you know, my best flight ever. Uh, maybe. But I still have a, I still have a review to write, to write about it. So it's, um, but it was, I mean, it was good. It was good to experience that. And I was in the 359 LR. Um, alright. So one other thing we had was, uh, Mahan Air. They were playing, yes. writing COVID it's in Iran. One, at least to me, one of the most interesting articles of last week. It was actually on the BBC. Yeah. They had like a 12, 10 or 12 minute documentary of how this one little airline, well, not so little by Iranian standards, it had this huge part to play in causing the COVID havoc in Iran. Hmm. Because, um, Iran apparently closed their airspace to all traffic. Okay. Um, to, um, essentially isolate the country against people coming in with infection. But this airline has connection with the Revolutionary Guards, which are the powers that be behind the Iranian government. So, of course, they've found it within their rights to violate all the government rules. And they operated dozens and dozens of flights to all these different points in China. Not exactly sure what they were carrying, but I'm assuming it was uh, cargo as well. Mm. But um all the cases in Iran started of this COVID disease started after Mahan Air continued to operate in flagrant abuse of their own country's uh, restrictions. 
And then they operated flights to the Middle East as well, from Lebanon all the way to uh, uh, other countries down in the Gulf area. So they spread it there as well. Hmm. And finally, when uh, uh, people, this became more news, more public news, there was a hue and a cry and they've got Mahanair to stop. But I think uh, even after that, they still uh, operated flights and the crew were complaining that they've been given no protection to wear and then they were promptly fired, of course, suddenly. So um, I thought that was a really interesting art, uh, story on um, the BBC. Yeah. It, it's interesting with um, with COVID spreading because of travel, right? Um, because I think yeah. even, even in a, in a, like in Jamaica, how it got to Jamaica was this one lady came from the UK and she came back home for a funeral. And uh, in Jamaica, funerals are big. Like everybody comes to your house and, you know, there's food and there's music and all that because it's a celebration of life in essence. And so um, I think she arrived on like this 7th of March. And then um, the, or she arrived on like the 4th of March or something like that. The funeral was on this 7th and she became sick on the 9th. And so uh, because she didn't know, she spread it to all those people in that town. Mm. So what they had to do was to lock down the town. And then um, I think some of the people uh, from the from that town they had left not knowing that they had they had the virus, and so they spread it to others. They were able to track down the path of a lot of these people. Um, but it all started because this one lady came in with it from the from the UK. Yeah. So it's it is interesting how travel had really been something that spread um the virus but you know i mean from from how we travel we can see how easy it is uh for something like that something like you know, anything yep, you spread absolutely which is why like places like australia when you coming into australia they're like they're very 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 strict um about what you can begin and they're very strict when it comes to finding people if they find that you brought yep. something in that you weren't supposed to bring in. People think it's a joke, but now I hope I hope that most people can understand why it's very important to read all these restrictions and all these health requirements when they tell you that the food that you get on the plane, don't take it off the plane. It's not because they're being mean, but it's because these are the things that transfer, um, you know, yeah. things, things to other places that just don't have them. Yeah. Oh, wow, that's but, an interesting uh, story. Um, and then and, just today, uh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. Um, I was just thinking that, and, and this is one of the things, like, in these times when you, I know everybody wants to travel because we've all been not going anyplace and we're accustomed to going places all the time, but it is absolutely important that you protect yourself because others, some people just don't care. I still see a lot of masks on the floor. I still see gloves on the floor, so people are just throwing things away that they should be throwing in a trash can. It's even more disturbing when you see it like next to a trash can. It's like how how much effort would it have taken you to throw that away? The other thing too is that restrictions. You need to look at the restrictions for somewhere you're going. At the moment of this recording, the US is on a level four. 
for international travel, which means you cannot go anywhere internationally or you shouldn't go anywhere internationally. Most borders are closed anyway, so you need to check that before you go anyway. And also, there is a restriction on state-to-state travel. So make sure yeah. you check that as well. Because if, if, if the restriction is not for you not to travel, um, it is also some kind of 14-day quarantine. So people really... Yeah. England has announced that, actually, from June 1st. Mm -hmm. I don't know why they're not doing it immediately, but um, the only exception is from the other countries in the UK, uh, Wales, Northern Ireland, and Scotland, and from France. Otherwise, all other countries, visitors to the UK, have to quarantine for 14 days once they arrive in England. I don't know where that quarantine is, but that's going to really, really damp down on demand. Of flights, though. Yeah. But I guess it's short-term pain for long-term gain, yeah. as they say. Yeah, and, and, so. and, that, and that, make, that makes sense because, um, I, I mean, look, I want the industry to, to restart, right? Um, but we have to do it right so we don't end up going, oh, crap, and we end up back in the same position we, we are now. And even Why are more. they waiting till June 1st, though? Why don't they do it now? My guess is they need to get things in place. Um, I, or, it's gonna, yeah. or it's going to take them that long for everybody to come to a meeting and say, yes, let's do it. <laughs> they should have probably thought of this a little earlier. But again, it's easy for me to yeah. ask yeah. judgment. Yeah. I mean, you, you see, you no. see a, lot, a lot of stuff the airlines are saying, and yeah, we're going to do it mid-May. And you're like, well, why aren't you doing it now? Um, but, you know, we know how long these meetings take and everybody has to agree. Yep. <laughs> Except for Qatar. Qatar is like they're expanding, I think, significantly in June. They must know something the rest of the world doesn't. Uh yes. And I, I think uh, May sixteenth is a day that I think is Etihad is gonna be opening up a bunch of routes on May sixteenth. Oh. Okay. Yeah. I mean there there are there are several airlines that have suspended operations. Yeah. Um and June is when they're Hoping to restart. They're hoping to restart, yeah. You know, which which makes sense. And I think, um, you know, my guide for everyone would be uh, make sure you have, um, you know, bring gloves with you, wash your hands. Um, a lot of airports and airlines are requiring that you wear a mask. Um, yep. Because although the middle seats are supposed to be blocked, some airlines are not blocking them for whatever reasons. So um, you have to protect um, yourselves. Uh, when you when you fly, so um, abide by whatever they tell you. You have to wear a mask. You have to wear uh, usually just mask. I don't think anyone says you have to wear gloves. But if you feel that you need to protect yourself, then you should protect yourself. And when you get home, for crying out loud, throw all those clothes in the washing machine. But it also, I would say double check the restrictions on your destination country. Yes, because I think that's a huge deal. That is a very. I, I would that hope that the deal. airline wouldn't allow you to board or at least would tell you what the restrictions were at your destination. But I don't know if they do do that. Um, they probably so. should because they, they are in Tematic. And uh, Tematic is a system where, um, for those of you who don't know, when um, it's, it's, it's a system that's set up by the governing board, uh, the governing travel board, IATA. And um, they put all the restrictions. So whenever somebody says you need to get a shot 
or you need to get a particular visa for a different country, that is coming from that system. And that is constantly being updated. I'm going to have a link, leave a link to that so you guys can go and check it. Mm. But before you go anywhere, you have to check that on your own. And so when you check in, an airline personnel should tell you that, nope, sorry, you can't go. You can't go where you want to go because you don't have the necessary visa, quote unquote, to go there. And also, I don't know if this inland thing will, this restriction will apply to connecting traffic. I cannot imagine it would, but I don't know that for a fact. Yeah, I don't know that either. No. I know I know Japan had the restriction, but they have lifted it because a friend of mine flew through there. Okay. From, uh, they flew from uh, Malaysia, and they did Malaysia to Kuala, um, Kuala Lumpur to Tokyo, and then Tokyo to the U.S. West Coast. And um, they said they just asked them a bunch of questions, and they were able to continue their travel okay. without doing the quarantine. Um, wow. So I guess it depends on where you're flying from. And that's the other thing, too. Um, you need to look at the restrictions to see where you're connecting because where you're connecting through may determine what happens to you when you arrive at your destination. And there's no point yep. in, getting, in getting angry about it. This is just the way it is at the moment. And so you as a That's traveler, for your protection. It is for your protection. And as a traveler, you need to know the rules, the new rules of flying. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And speaking of all these airlines expanding in June, mm-hmm. um, just today I read about Avianca from Colombia. Yeah. Filing bankruptcy. Wow. And I was thinking of for United because I think they have a significant stake in Avianca, so I don't know if they're going to lose money on that. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, yep. So, and they're the second oldest airline in the world. Wow. And and I guess the thing that's affecting them, too, is that Argentina has closed their borders. to um, Yep, until September. Until September. Which doesn't really um, – it's either overly cautious or just temporary. Yeah. So, um, and then yeah. Miami Air. And, what happened uh, to them? What are they up to? Liquidating. Ooh. They were ad hoc. They were not very big. Yeah. It was formed in 1990, but what always struck me is their new logo, which looked so suspiciously like the old Continental United Airlines logo with that <laughs> globe on the tail. How they got away with that. I cannot imagine Continental protesting, not protesting. It looks so similar. Yeah. They, they were at, um, and they catered to like, um, I believe things like sports teams and high schools and cruise lines and all that sort of thing. So yeah, um, I'm not sure they were very big, but they had 738s. Ah, okay. But, That's just crazy because, um, so as you can see, so many airlines are being affected by this. So, um, yes, we want to travel again. But we gotta make sure we do it right and, uh, and you guys do it, do it, um, do it safely. Cause there's no point in you jumping on a plane and you getting sick. Um, you know, because we haven't figured out how, how to combat this disease in terms of travel as yet. And I'm the first person who wants to get back on a plane, but I'm just not ready yet. And I don't think we're ready to do it just yet. No. Yeah. Because you don't know how this disease is going to affect you. It could have no effect, and it could have a horrible effect. Exactly. So, so um, 
But we want to okay. be upbeat. So um, Travis is going to come back. So don't think it's despair. Travis is going to come back. But uh, what we want to do here is just to kind of give you the reality of what Travis is like in in 2020. Um, and the, you know, the other thing, too, is that a lot of people are buying tickets right now. And you can change them uh, because the airlines are allowing you to change them. But just remember that uh, if you buy the ticket, the only way you'll get a refund and um, is if the airline actually cancels that flight and is unable to rebook you on something else that suits your suits your travels. So um, and some airlines are withholding the refunds because they just need your cash. There's no other way to explain that. They just need yep. cash and they're holding on to it as long as they can. Um, but you are entitled to a refund and, um, you, if you can't get a refund, then, you know, you can talk to the Department of Transportation or whoever is in charge of transportation for your country, but you're not getting your refund. So, so it's good. So that's, that's all, uh, I think that's all we have on this. You had something else? No, for now. Well, there's lots of other topics, but. All right. You can talk about that another time. Time for another episode. So So thank you guys so much for uh, listening to us um, babble basically about travel this this week. Um, Hopefully next week or the next episode, we'll have quite a bit more information for you. Um, And if anyone of you guys want to be a guest on our show, you know, um, feel free to drop a note and let me know. And so... um, don't forget to, to subscribe to the to the podcast and uh, subscribe to the episode and share it with your uh, aviation friends. And if there's any topic that you want us to discuss, um, please leave us a message as well. So um, this is Kerwin and uh with this week. Um, sorry, travel this week. And I uh, hope to see you guys again for another episode. Thank you for watching and listening.